I am welcome to another live podcast. My name is Jane, and I'm so glad that you can come and make it on another day's journey with our Lord and our Savior. Thank God. The healing for the weak. In Joel 3.10, it says, Let the weak say, I am strong. It said, Let the weak say, I am strong. So we learn in Joel 3 and 10. So we learned that pruning hooks are for pruning. You, It prunes vines. And pruning means to trim a tree. Like how the trimmers, how the gardeners, they take the tools. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. And they trim the old leaves or the leaves that no longer are needed for production and growth. They trim all that off. They take off the overgrown branches or the bush and they cut away the branches and the stems to allow fruitfulness and growth. It is a tool of preparation, a tool for sowing seed. Glory be to God. That's what a pruning hook and a plowshare is. And God sent his time to turn the plowshare into sword. Glory be to God. A sword, we learn, is it means strength. It is a form of power. You will learn how to fight. We know in Ephesians 6, the sword represents the word of God. And it says, So, by saying, I am strong, I am walking in the word. Or rather believing it will cause that strength to manifest in me. For... When we didn't believe, now we believe. So at first we didn't believe. You said, let the weak say I'm strong. See, when you're weak, you can't believe. Because weakness is saying, I don't believe. But when you become strong, you're saying, I believe. That's why I said, let the weak say I am strong. But to to say I am strong... You have to believe that it will be manifest, that your strength will come, and that you will be walking in the word to say that I am am strong. So we have to walk in the word. And to walk in the word, you must believe. You must believe. Okay, so the word strong also in the Hebrew term means powerful. And how do we be powerful? It is learning about God and his precepts, practicing brother and sisterhood kindness, forgiving, being loving. It means to prevail. Prevail means to prove that you are a worthy opponent. Are you a worthy opponent against the forces, against things to try to get the victory. In other words, are you triumphant? Are you a conqueror? So, let the weak say, I am strong. You will say, I am strong by the knowledge, the obtaining, like when 
in Judges 3 and 2. Israel had to know how to battle. They had to have their eyes open so they could go into battle. So their eyes need to be open and they had to know how. Because they didn't know how at first. But when you learn how, then you can go in with that sword. Or you can go in being a conqueror. And in Psalms 144, God was teaching David to fight and his fingers to war. The hand, which is from the fingers, fight is like limb to limb, like tools. First, the palm of the hand. And, you know, in the mother's womb, it is the first thing that is developed. Is the palm first. Then the fingers pop out of the hand. Metaphorically so. Strength comes through learning how to war and fight. Like, you know, the moves. Like. Uh, a boxer or a karate guy, you know, how he like chops, like with his hand, chop, chop. And the boxer, how he moves, they study the moves to become a victory. So, it is just like having a worthy opponent. So it says, so you have to say, I'm strong by knowledge. The knowledge obtaining like when in just three and two. Hallelujah. So they had to be taught. The children of Israel had to be taught how to battle. And many times we have to be taught. God wants us to know how to battle. Because there is an art of knowing how battle. You got to know when to strike, glory be to God, and when to brace yourself, and when to hold up your guard of faith over your face, glory be to God, over your head, and over your heart, and your feet must know how to move. In boxing, there is a sudden movement, a shuffle, they call it. The boxer's shuffle. And his feet has a way of moving when he is in battle mode. So going into battle mode, we have to go into battle mode. We have to shift into battle mode because there's times we have to shift. We're not always having the peaches and cream. Sometimes we have to shift into battle mode. So we learn that in the mother's womb, first is developed the hand. And then the fingers as the limbs, which are tools or like tools. Hallelujah. So get your tools ready for war. You can't beat no one with a plowshare. A plowshare is really for uh, sowing seeds. You're putting the seeds in the ground to get a harvest. But now it's time for war. It's time to beat those plowshares into that sword. Because it's time that you cut down what is trying to stop you from getting to God. What is trying to stop you from getting your blessings. It's time you start chopping it with the word of God and believing in the word of God. Hallelujah. That is going to come through for you. And most of all, standing on the word of God. Because in battle, you have to stand. You can't be on the ground, laying flat on your stomach or on your side. Every battle was fought with a stand. Glory be to God. Every battle, glory be to God, was fought with a stand. And that is the only way to get into position 
like the boxer mode, ready, armed and ready to swing and armed and ready to put that shield up when they retaliate back at you. But you got to wait. Hallelujah. Oh God. Signal. And God told David and First Chronicles 14 and 11, he said, God has like a bursting flood broken through my enemies. God broke through them like a bursting flood. The Lord will burst through. The word burst means to bust open. It's like if I stick something in a hole and twist it and it says full of full of uh, papers or something and I bust it open, bust the bag open, then the papers just fall all over the place. Okay, so this is how God had bust open these enemies. Then he did significant injury. That's what bust first means. To do significant injury, crucial stuff. By David's hand. Hallelujah. David inquired of God three times. And by the third time, God wanted to show his glory. Hallelujah. You know, to move into battle mode. Because some battles, Father God needs to show. He got this. And walking in God's word, which is spirit, John 6 and 63. So walking in God's word, which is spirit, we will be able to fight the battle. And by wisdom, we will be able, God said, be wise, glory be to God. Be wise as serpents. Serpents can be very wise. That's what God said. Because they study. Hallelujah. Be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. So in battle, you got to use wisdom. You got to know some wisdom. You got to know some moves. Hallelujah. You got to know when to love. Like in Ecclesiastes, third chapter, set a time under the sun for everything. So you got to know when to love, when to embrace, when to tell someone, uh, forgive them, uh, or sorry. You got to know when. Look for the signal of God. God will give you an unction to let you know it's time. Go over there and tell them, forgive me for uh, my actions. I was wrong. God got a time and a season for everything. So wait for that season and that time. Wait for the signal like David did. He waited for the signal of battle. And God told him to go into battle. To go. And God was with him. And you know, God will help you win that familiar territory and more with him when you go with his moves. Because you follow God, he will make you great. Hallelujah. Just like he did, David. And according to um, the biblical geography, the miles wherewith the battle was won with the Philistines were actually 17 miles which we learned one mile is 12 blocks. So double that by 17, which you get 700 blocks of land was taken down. Glory be to God. 700 blocks was destroyed of these people. And also in the book of Joshua 5 and 13 through 6. And when God told Joshua and the Israelites to walk around the wall of Jericho seven times, and on the seventh day he made a command, and the command was that he had this tool to blow the trumpet. Glory be to God. I ain't gonna shout. Blow that trumpet. My Lord. It's time for battle. And when they blew the trumpet. And they shouted. Unto God. And his glory. It is. Begins to break down those walls of Jericho. You know blowing that trumpet. Is something about that trumpet. I'm telling you. Something about that trumpet. We know in the army. There is a trumpet. And it means it's time to do something. It's time to take on action. Against something. They shouted and the walls came tumbling. They didn't say the walls uh, like shook. They say it tumbled down. And tumble means to crash, free fall, wipe out. 
It's time to wipe the enemy out. Glory be to God. Walking wisdom. Wisdom. I was strong. I loved the Lord. And they couldn't take me. They were helpless against. They, they were hopeless. Their fate didn't take them. It didn't. And in Isaiah 54 and 7, God says, No weapon that's formed against. Hallelujah. But we got to walk in wisdom. Hallelujah. Wisdom helped him. He was strong because he walked in wisdom. And then he loved the Lord. And when you and then that's why they couldn't take him. Because he walked in wisdom and he loved God. And when you walk in the wisdom and love God, nothing's going to like destroy you so subtly like that. That would make your enemies hopeless and helpless. And the fate of them, destruction. Hallelujah. But in Isaiah 54 7, Isaiah says, No weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. And the hand. So God, so so Isaiah knew. No weapon formed against me. So he said, shall prosper. Shall prosper. Why shall not prosper? Because why? I walk, I'm walking in love. I'm doing what God said. I love my enemies. I present my body a living sacrifice. I put on the whole arm of God. I'm walking in faith. And most of all, I'm staying with wisdom. So therefore, God will fight your battle. God taught they say, taught my hand to walk in wisdom. I was strong. I loved the Lord. So they couldn't take David down. They were helpless against him, and they were hopeless. And their fate, they couldn't. And also, so we learn that we must walk in the moves of God. Hallelujah. There's a move, a shuffle that God does. And when he says move, then that's when we move. And we shall come out more victorious than we would if we just we're fighting so let us move with the signal that God provides let us move in wisdom hallelujah and not be moving foolishness because we move in foolishness it's going to be doom and detrimental for us and we won't make it through but if we move in the move of God God says move everything's going to be all right and you will come out the victor every time and you know that no weapon that's formed against you is going to prevail against you because you knew how to fight. God taught, David said, God taught my hand to war and my fingers to battle. He taught me skill. Learn the skills of God and you will be okay. Hallelujah. And his skills is all written in his loving word. In Jesus' name, God bless. And I hope you have a wonderful night and many blessings to all. Keep looking up because there's nothing down. God is on your side and he's fighting for you because he loves you and he wants the best for you. In Jesus' name. Keep on looking to the sky because there's nothing down. God promises to strengthen. What is strengthen? Strengthen means to give you power to become strong. And when you're strong enough, then you are strengthened. You are ready. And then say, God promises to give you rest. We know what rest is. When you don't have anything worrying you to a degree where you can't 
function or your mind has no clarity. Rest is peaceful, tranquil, calm, relaxing. God promises to take care of all our needs. He said he would be our provider. God promises to answer our prayers. He said if you walk right and he will not withhold any good things to those who walk upright. God promises to work all things for our good because we love him. I would like to go through some scriptures of a list that I wrote down uh, of God's promises to us, the believers. He says in Isaiah 43 and 2, he said, when thou passest through the waters, you got to go through the waters in your life. When you are determined to go through for God's sake, then that's when the promise comes. He said, I will be with you. But you got to go through, hallelujah, the waters. Thank you. Glory be to God. You got to go through, my Lord, the waters. Sometimes the waters can be so cold. The world so nasty and cold. Filthy and wicked. But you got to go through it. Sometimes the waters are dirty. So dirty. No fresh, clean waters. So deep. And full of all kinds of doleful creatures. Different creatures in that water waiting to take you out but you got to get through it but the promise is God said I'll be with you and that's what makes it so deep right there I'll be with you uh-huh it is confirmed right there I'll be with you they shall not cause you to go down these people won't be able to take you down because God is with you and then he said, when thou walkest through the fire. So, when we're walking, we have to follow the precepts of God. You know, God, what God has announced, his lead, and we have to go after. Then the fire of the wicked shall not burn you. The fiery darts, glory be to God, of the wicked won't go through you, won't have no effect, will not settle like it did not settle for Shadrach and them. It didn't ship, it didn't settle on their clothes. Not even the burnt smell of sense was on them, my Lord. And then he said, so this will have no effect. So he said, and when I walk you through the fire, so I will be with you. But you got to walk through it. You got to walk. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He knew who was with him. With him. So what he depended on God. He leaned on God. He trusted in God. So therefore, didn't nothing hurt him because God had all power in his hand and he knew to whom he trusted. Hallelujah. So God is saying, all this won't affect you, but you got to be with me. You can't do it on your own. You've got to be, glory to God, with me. Hallelujah. Then you're going to make it. He said, um, in John 3, 16, it's a promise for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and whosoever believeth in him. Believe it, E-T-H, constantly. Don't stop believing in God, no matter what comes or goes. Don't stop because he's going to take you from this earth on. 
So in order for you to walk with God, you've got to believe it. You've got to constantly believe that he is God. He said, and whosoever believe it on him shall. See, it's a process. Shall not perish. It didn't say will not perish. Shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So if you don't want to perish, you got to constantly stay believing God. You got to constantly hold on to your faith when uh, life tries to take you down. You got to say no and keep believing God. You say, I believe God. When Paul was in the storm in the book of Acts and his Euclidus, that tempest storm, the angel came to him and told him, not a hair of your head shall be hurt or lost in this. He said, but believe God. Say, I believe God. And that's where he stood on that word that God sent to him. He had to believe God to get through his storm. And that's why we have to do. We have to believe God to get through this fire. We have to believe God. But God made us a promise. You shall have eternal life. If you believe, constantly believe, continue to stay with me, continue to walk with me, continue to talk with me. Continually, if you continue in my love, you continue to treat others right, even in spite of them treating you wrong. Then you can be my disciple. Then you can walk with me. Then you shall uh, inherit eternal life. Hallelujah. But you have to continue. Glory be to God. So we have to take this thing seriously. It means more than life. That's what it seriously means. You have to take this thing serious. Let nothing stop your believing. In Psalms 91 11, he said he will give his angels charge, meaning he will give them power to take responsibility to aid you in your going through, to aid you in what you got to face in the next day, to aid you what you have to face in the next uh, moment, to aid you what you can not think that you can make it through. The angels will take charge then. They will take responsibility to aid you. Have you ever heard the term Kool-Aid? Yes. One of my favorites. <laughs> Since I was a little kid. We used to love the Kool-Aid guy. He busts through the TV, the, 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 the big screen. And they said, hey, we're thirsty, my Lord. We need some Kool-Aid. Hey, Kool-Aid. And then he busts through the thing and he said, Kool-Aid, you know, like that, right? Like, hey, I'm the guy, I'm here, and I'm going to make the day. Well, that's how the angels of God, let them be your Kool-Aid. They will make the day, hallelujah. They will take charge, glory be to God. Responsibility, when you take charge of something, you are taking authority. So they're aiding you, they're aiding you, they're help taking you, uh, guiding you through this. Because God told them to go and take care of my daughter and my sons. Aid them and their business that they're trying to progress in. Aid them and helping them take care of their children. Aid them when there's no food there. I want you to aid them. So the angels, are, they're like workers for us. They work for us. That's why God said all things work together for our good. Them angels out there working to aid to us. Just like they aided Jesus when he was about to fall out after all that fasting he did for 40 days and 40 nights. And then after the, the temptation of the devil, he was weak because he had ate nothing. They came and aided him. Glory be to God. And God wants the angels to aid us also in our endeavors of what we need and what we need to accomplish in life. Through God's grace and his mercy and his love. Hallelujah. Psalms. So let God aid you. Hallelujah. Psalms 84 and 11. It talks about, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. 
and no good thing will he hold on them that walk. Glory be to God. So let God be your sun and shield. When God is your sun and shield, he, that's a, he's your protector. A shield is a protection, a protector. You know, so the sun represents brightness, light. So let him be your light in your darkness. He wants to be your light, glory be to God, and your dark is ours. And he wants to be that shield of protection against those things that are seen and unseen. Hallelujah. And he will be your shield of protection. And he will not hold, keep nothing from you if you do what is right in his eyes. If you do what is right to give him the glory, he will not withhold nothing from you. Hallelujah. But it has to be to his glory and not ours. Hallelujah. Then he will not withhold, that's a promise, anything from you if you walk right. And then in Isaiah 40, I mean, excuse me, Isaiah 54 and 10, he said, it says something about my kindness shall not depart from thee. God's kindness does not want to depart from thee. If he said his kindness will not depart from you, believe that his kindness will not depart from you. When you're doing what is good, God's kindness will not depart from thee. And in Psalms 55 and 22, it says, cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. And B, he shall sustain thee means that he's going to keep you. He's going to help you to get through whatever that you need to accomplish. But you have to give this burden. A burden is something that is weighing you down, something that is hard to deal with, hard to get over, hard to uh, comprehend, hard to understand, hard to how do you say swallow but God says you cast it cast means to throw as hard as you can as far as you can cast it that means put some effort into getting rid of it don't just say I'm going to get rid of it yeah yeah I'm going to get rid of this I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stop doing it I'm, I'm going to get rid of this but this ain't been bothering me like for 20 years but you never took the time to take the effort you got to take effort to get rid of it when you're casting something you're putting effort and all your might to get rid of it. So whatever it takes, Lord, to get rid of this, to give it to you, I'm going to give it to you. If it's through my fasting, if it's through my praying, if it's through my sacrifices, if it's through giving up things that I know is no good for me, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it with all my strength, all my efforts I'm going to put into this. Not just one effort, but every effort I know. I'm going to put time into getting rid of it. I'm going to get rid of this. It's just like a sore on your leg or something, or arm or hand, and you're saying, Man, this looks terrible on my hand. Or this big old mark you get on your hand. It's just been there. Or it might be a birthmark or something. And just, ugh, so ugly. And you're saying, man, I wish I could get rid of it. Just looking at it and saying, I wish I could get rid of it. It's not going to do the job. But as I begin to apply something that maybe covers the mark, not actually cover, but get rid of it, start fading it away. I use that fade away uh, soap or whatever it is. If you say that fade soap, you got to soap with the cream together. And my grandmother used to use some fade away, black and white fade away soap and cream stuff when when I was young. I still remember black and white soap and cream. You put that on there, you use that soap and use that cream every day and it begins to fade your skin to a different color. So in order to get results, you have to use it every day. So likewise, to cast your burden, you have to make that effort to say, I'm gonna keep on doing this every day. Cast. That means I make an effort with all I know how to get rid of this thing. By the grace and the mercy of God, I'm gonna cast it, I'm going to leave it at the altar. I'm going to leave my burdens at the altar because I know that after a while, God is going to fix this thing. I may be looking at it and I don't see it getting like changing, but God made me a promise. He said he shall sustain me. So sustain will help you to get through while you're going through the, the process of change. It's going to help you to stand. He's going to strengthen you. When something is sustained, it is strengthened, it is preserved. So to sustain is to be able to get through it, to have the strength to weather it, to get through it. And God said he will sustain you. That means he's going to comfort you. He's going to bring you out. He's going to bring you through what you're going through in his time. He said he shall, glory be to God, shall is a process. I shall become a nurse. I shall become a doctor. I shall become an engineer. I shall become the world's richest 
or whatever you want to say, or I shall become the best musician in the world. Shall is a practice. It is a timing, a season. So it is something going on in the process. Something is making something. I may not can see what's going on in the backgrounds, but something is fixing something. All you hear is the hammer and the nails. Bing, bing, clank, clank, boom, boom. And it's like something going on back there. Father God is working it. Father God is working it. Oh, yeah, I hear the nails clanking. Glory be to God. I hear the shot. I hear the chains. Glory be to God. Falling. And that's what we need to do. God said he shall sustain us. That is a promise. But if we do not cast it, if we don't make that effort to try to get rid of this thing and give it to God, practice trying to let it go. Let it go. I'm letting it go. I'm letting this thing go. When you cast something, you are letting it go as hard as you can. You are making all the effort you know as hard as you can. When you're casting something, glory be to God. Psalms 55 and 22. Isaiah 50, excuse me, Isaiah 41.10. It says, fear not, for I am with thee. Glory to God. Glory to God. God is saying, don't fear. In other words, don't worry, for I am with you. That's a promise. When God tells us that, that's a promise. And he says to fear not. That is a promise. He said, and be not dismayed. For I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yes, I will help thee. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Glory be to God. So God is saying, I'm going to uphold you. I'm going to lift you up. With my right hand. The mighty hand of God. Wow, the hand. That helped make this universe and the earth. The hand of God. That won so many battles. The hand of God. Hallelujah. That same hand is going to uphold you. But how is he going to uphold you? How is he going to lift you up? You're going to be lifted up by righteousness. You're going to uh, be lifted up. And he said he will help you and strengthen you. So yes. But it's something that you got to do first. You got to fear not first. And know that your God is with you. You got to know it. K-N-O-W. The word coming from knowledge. Take the edge off. The ledge off. And put the no. No ledge. Not ledge. Being full of knowledge, being full of God's word. So you got to know that He is God. Through your experiences that you've been through down the road, you got to look back and say, I know He is. I know He is my God. So therefore, I will not fear and I will not be dismayed, which means of low courage. I will not be because I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I've seen it and I know. No doubt about it. I know. Glory be to God. And he's going to strengthen you. He said, I will. Now, this time he didn't say, I shall. He said, I will. So, it's coming. Look around the corner. It is coming. And God said, I'm going to strengthen you. That means I'm going to make you strong. But you got to know that I'm God first. You got to know that you know who I am to you. And when you know that you know, that alone is going to strengthen you when you know who I am to you. What I've been to you. I've been a father to you. I've showed you love. I've showed you kindness. I've showed you happiness. I've taken you through the worses. I've taken you, I've taken you through things that were, thought you was going to blow your mind up. I took you through it. That, that you thought that was going to cause you to go mentally insane. I took you through it. So it's time for you to take a lap back down memory lane and remember what the Lord thy God, no, 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 has done for you. And when you know and you remember, then strength will begin to come. Then say, yes, I will help thee. So, and then uphold you. So God will help you. He will be your help. When you feel like you can't go through, he's going to help you. He's going to be that comfort. He's going to be there for you. In the time of sorrow, in the time of trouble, in the time of pain, in the time of, I don't know what to do. God is going to be there for you. In the time where you feel like giving up. In the time you're scared to your hair. You're scared. Look like your eyeballs will pop out your head. God said, no. It's time that you know that I'm your God. Turn back around and look. Look down that, that memory lane. Look where I brought you from. A long ways off. But you got to know that. And if I did that before, I'm going to do it again. But you got to know it within yourself. You got to know it within your mind. It was God that did that. Nobody but him. I know it. Because there's no way I could have feathered through this. No way. I would have been dead and gone probably by now. Or somebody would have like beat me down so bad. I wouldn't know. I would I would have known my left from my right. But it was God that held me up. Uphold means to hold you up, God. God held you up. With his righteousness. Hallelujah. And his righteousness is in his word. Hallelujah.
He is that righteous God, and he will hold you. And Psalms 32 and 10. So it says, many sorrows shall be for the wicked, but he that trusted in the Lord's mercy shall compass him about. So many sorrows going to be for the wicked, but if you trust in God, mercy shall be for you. Hallelujah. And, and um, Proverbs 3 and 6, it says, acknowledge the Lord in all thy ways, and he shall direct thy path. So in all thy ways, there we go with that word, knowledge. Know. Know that he is your God. In everything you do, I know he is my God. I acknowledge my God. I know that he is my God. I know that he is my God. And he shall direct my path because I know. He will direct my path because I acknowledge him. I acknowledge who he is. He is the God that helped me pay my bills when I could not pay my bills. He provided for me. He was my Jehovah Jireh. Hallelujah. When I uh, didn't understand something, he opened up my eyes and let me know what was going on so that I wouldn't be ignorant in this world. It was him because I came to him. I inquired of him. I didn't inquire but who said it. I didn't go to, uh, uh, what they say, uh, psychic friends. I didn't go to no special network, dial one, two, three, psychic. I didn't do none of that stuff. But I inquired of him. And because I went to my God knowing that he's my God, what all that he had done for me, then I knew that he would direct my path if I go to him. If I inquired of him, I knew that he would lead and guide me in the right direction so that I won't make the mistakes made that I have made before in my past. So we got to know, acknowledge, recognize, recognize. If you recognize God, he shall direct your path. Recognize who he is. Tell him who he is. Lord, you are God. And I believe that you're going to take me through. I believe that you're going to do this for me. I'm coming to you. I'm not inquiring of my mama, my dad, my uncle, cousin. None of them. Uh, uh, brother, boyfriend, which we don't believe in boyfriends over here. Uh, my husband or my wife. I ain't inquired of nobody but you, Lord. I came to you. First priority. First choice. First thought in my mind. I must go to my God. And I must ask him what to do about this situation. Or this problem that seems to be giving me headaches after day after day. Problems day after day. Making me sick. I got to go to my God. Because I know I'm going to get an answer. He's going to direct me what to do. Where to go. Who to talk to. And who not to talk to. Who to be with. And who not to be with. Who to be around. And who not to be around. So he's going to direct my path. What job I should go to. Or what job I should reject. He will direct my path. Hallelujah. So let God direct your path tonight. Glory be to God. John. 14 and 6. God says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. God was saying, he that believeth in me shall not perish. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if you want life, John, and John 14 and 16, it says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. God said, let not your heart be troubled. So God said, don't let your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. If you say, if you believe in God, you believe in me. So God told me, don't let your heart be troubled. And John 14 and 16 said, peace I leave with you, not as the world does. So God's saying, my peace I will leave with you. So let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So God's saying he's going to leave his peace with you, that's a promise. But it's something you got to do. So in other words, God's saying, I will give you this peace, but I don't want you to be afraid. Do you understand? Don't be afraid. Do you understand me? Jesus said in John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. So God was saying to the woman, if you know who I am, if you understand who I am, you shall live and not die. But you need to understand who God is. When you know who God is, you can rest. When you know who God is, then you can take a break in life. When you know who God is, then you can move on from where you started. When you know who God is, you can see the breaking of day coming through. Glory be to God. When you know who God is, doesn't matter who talk about you or put you down. Doesn't matter who your best friend walk away from you. When you know who God is, all that doesn't even matter. All that doesn't even exist because you know who is the resurrection, who's going to resurrect your situation. Glory be to God. He did not shot. You know who is going to do it. And you know who's the life, who can breathe life, who can revive that dead situation that you thought could never live again. You thought there would be, never be no hope. God said, if you believe that I am the resurrection and life, you shall live and not die. So you're going to live, but you got to know who is the resurrection. And his name is Jesus Christ. He is the resurrection of life. And when you believe in him and what he can do, then you can also have that resurrection of life. Hallelujah.
in John 15 and 5, he says, I am worthy to die, the vine, and you are the branches. Like I was talking about earlier, the limbs. We are the limbs, hallelujah. The vine is the leaves. It's, it's, the, it's the, where the life flow exists. It's where the source is. And we branch out of the source. And if you become fruitful, God said in him, I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you bear fruit, hallelujah. God is also saying, if you abide in me, if you abide in me, then you shall bring forth that fruit. You shall be fruitful. But you have to do something. It's always on our behalf. If we want to see God's promises, we have to live up to the standard. So it's saying, if I do, then I will see something come through. If I believe that I will see something come for me. If I hold on, then God will do such and such a thing. So he said, I am. I am. There goes the I am again. God said, I am that I am. That's what he told Moses. Tell them, I am that I am. And there's no other above me. I am. I am the way. I am the door. I am the true vine. So God is saying, I am he. And if ye abide in me, you shall bring forth that fruit. That's a promise. But you got to stay with me. You got to stay with me. And if you stay with me, if you believe in me, then you're going to see some change. You're going to see the fruit in your life come out through me. I'm going to make that way. I'm going to make you fruitful. Fruitful is to be blessed. Fruitful, when something is fruitful, it is blessed. When something is fruitful, it's successful. When something is fruitful, it is good to eat. Oh, yeah. When you're fruitful, when, when you see a natural fruit and it's, the tree is full of fruit, what do you want? The first thing you want to go do, reach your hand up there, grab one, and test it out because it has so much fruit and so much goodness on it. And the Bible says you should know them by the fruit. You should know them by their fruit. Does an apple tree bring forth a banana? Heck no. Does an does a orange bring forth grapes? Oh, definitely not. So God is saying, people are going to know you by the fruit. If the apple is apple, then the apple be apple. So if you're holy, you're holy. If you're filthy, you're filthy. If you're nasty, you're nasty. Yes, because an apple tree cannot bring forth a, a, any other grape tree. It's, it's, it's impossible. You won't see grapes coming on, on the vine of an of a, of a apple. There's, there's no way. That's impossible. That's what God is saying. There's no way. But if you abide in him, you're going to bring forth much. So stay with the Lord. And he said, and lo, I am with you. Matthew 28 and 20. He said, but lo, I am with you always, even until the ends of the world. Always. I love, I love that word. Always. And somebody said, what does always mean? Tell me. Well, let me tell you the word always means for all time. God is with you for all time. The good, the bad, the ugly, the sad, the miserable, the pain, the mentally insane. So whatever it is, God is with you. So that means that he never leaves you nor forsakes you. He's with you all the time. That's what always said. He said for low. Low means to look. Look, I'm with you. So he's saying, I'm with you for all time. Don't you know that? So he's saying, even until the end of the world. Even. So whatever it takes. Even all the way until it's, until the end is over. I'm going to be there. So in other words, he said, look, 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 look. No, no. I am. No, who I am. Know who I am. Haven't I said it? Will I not lie? No, God is to never lie. So he's saying, no, just remember. Look, notice. Haven't I been there before? I'm going to be there again. John. 14, 1 through 3. It said, let not your heart be troubled. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That's a promise. So God went away to prepare this place after he um, went and descended back into the heavens. And he left this earth. He told the disciples he's going to prepare a place. He said, so don't be worried. Don't worry about this. I got something for you. That's a promise. I got something for you. But what I, what I want you to do in the meantime, don't worry. Don't worry. It's going to be there. I got something for you. That's a promise. But you can't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Lord, I'm just so worried. What, what, what is it going to be like? Lord, I'm, just, I'm so worried about this. How am I going to get to heaven? How, how am I going to this and that? Lord, I'm just worried. He said, you don't even be troubled. Don't be confused. To be troubled is to be confused, to be mixed up in your mind. I don't know if it's this, I don't know if it's that. Trouble, I'm so worried. I, I, trouble, it's bothering me, Lord, to, to know that you went away. It's, it's bothering me. 
Would I be in a place with you? It's, it's bothering me. God said, don't be troubled about that. I've already taken care of that. On my part, I'm taking care of that. You just don't be worried. And don't let nothing bother you about me doing what I said I would do. I'm going to prepare this place, Lord, your God. And if I go prepare a place, I will come again. So that's a promise. God is going to come again. He said, I'm going to come get you. It's just like your, your uncle or your cousin say, hey, man, you know, don't worry, man. I'm going to come get you. Just sit at the bus stop, at the, at the bus line over there. I got you. Don't worry about it. And you keep calling on the phone. Man, you sure you're coming? Because you ain't got here yet. That's showing a sign of trouble. Trouble mind. You worry because you ain't seen cousin turn the corner yet. To pick you, to put you in the car, that you worried of. Uh, no, he ain't coming. I, I, I just know. No, he ain't coming to get me. It's been like an hour now, and he ain't got here yet. But that doesn't mean that cousin is not on the way. Cousin said three or four times, you didn't call him. Man, I'm coming. I'm going to be there. I just had to stop and do a couple of things and fix a couple of things before I, I turn the corner and get there, but I'm coming. Give me a little time. I should be there in a couple of hours or in a little while. Okay. So just wait. Wait and see. That's all you can do. You're going to have faith, and you're going to wait and see the coming of God. So God's saying, wait on me in faith. Don't be troubled. Don't let fear take you. Don't, don't go insane. Don't be bothered by what other people are saying to you. But keep your eyes on me, knowing that I said what I said, and I said why I said it, and I'm going to do exactly what I said I would do. But you got to show the faith until I get there. You can't come and say, oh, Lord, I have a situation. I just don't know what to do. You, Lord, you, you got to do it now. You got to do it now. And you just come to God said, I'm going to fix it. He told a prophet to you, or, or, or a prophetic thing was said to you. I'm going to fix it. Hold on. Have faith in me. I'm coming. I ain't seen it yet, Lord. Must not be coming. God said, don't worry. I got your back. I'm coming. As soon as one you don't think it is, there, he turns the corner. He said, he said to pick you up in that Cadillac and take you home to glory. Hallelujah. Talking about that spiritual Cadillac, though. <laughs> Sometimes you have to use, you have a vivid imagination of how God would come and take you away. It's just like when God came and swooped up that chariot and beat your, that chariot. You know, God referred to it as, as a chariot. Jesus was talking about a chariot. Wing down, sweet little sweet chariot that let me ride. Rock me, Lord. Rock me, Lord. Come and eat you. Because I got a home on the other side. And then Lazarus was in the bosom of Abraham, which means our imagination. So God is saying, supposed to cast down every wicked imagination. If he said cast down the wicked, so we must embrace the good. So when God said cast down the wicked, he means you to hold on to what is good in him. So he made us in his image. So we need to imagine. Can you imagine? That's why some of these things he told us that how heaven would look. Jasper stones, onyx, pearl, gates of pearls. Can you imagine? He said it this way because we know he knows that we have maybe once upon a time looked at a pearl. So he's trying to give us a vivid imagination of how this would come about or how it came to be so that we can have an imagination of, of the beauty that he has created for us. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Streets of gold. We have imagination. We've seen what a gold, beautiful necklace can look like. And you just we know what a street from experience, hallelujah, would look like. Glory be to God. So God got that. You got to have that imagination. You got to have that imagination. You got to know within your mind, what do you see? What do you see about God's beauty? What do you see? So God is saying, use your vivid imagination. Can you imagine? Close your eyes and imagine streets of gold. As you walk down the city of Los Angeles, it has been transformed into gold. And all the streets are full of gold. Clean, sparkly gold. Walls of jasper, pearl gates. Can you imagine that in your mind, living water, so beautiful and so wonderful? Waters maybe so clear, God say, as crystal, my God. And yet, the waters that you can see through, in other words, my Lord. All around, it says, there's a city called heaven, hallelujah, a city, a city. God says words because he knows that we have been familiar with these things. And we know what a city looks like, different from the woods, our country. Cities, not like a country. So he wants us to imagine have a vivid imagination in our minds what we have encountered today hallelujah glory be to god he also said in james 1 and 5 if any man lack wisdom let him ask of god that he upbraid not that he give it freely give it wisdom freely so god's saying if you don't understand this ask of me and i will help you to understand this god wants us to have understanding he will give you wisdom freely it's not it's not no thing where he would hold from you if you ask him he said if any if any he will reveal to you what his wisdom is because he wants us to be wise and and know what to do know how to conquer know how to battle know how to come against know how to change the atmosphere glory be to god psalms 37 and 4 it says delight thyself also in the lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart he didn't say delight mama daddy sister brother uncle, what's my girlfriend husband and wife he said delight thyself in me that means take pleasure in god god is my pleasure He's what I want. 
he's what I need. I mean, I, I prefer, he's my preference. He, this is where I want to go. Have you ever heard somebody say, it is so delightful just to be in your presence. I mean, it's so pleasant. It's so calm, so beautiful, it's so relaxing. Delight, that's what delight's saying. All of this, it, it, my pleasure, my, 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 my heart is in stuff. I, I, I like this place. I like the place I'm in. I like the place that I'm partaking with. And I'm partaking myself with God. I'm delighting myself. This man, this man, mind, soul, body, spirit, heart, I'm delighting the whole person, delighting myself. That means my ways. Okay, delight thyself in the Lord. And if I delight myself, that means what my choice is. He, he is the one I choose. He is the one I want to choose. He is my top choice. He is my top beef loin. They got that extra cut beef loin that's so serious. That that meat is serious meat. That filet mignon. Oh yeah, he's my filet mignon. I ain't saying because I'm hungry. I'm saying it's because it's food. And some of this food, it costs a lot of money because it's cut. That prime cut, that, 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 that tender, tenderloin, that meat that melts in your mouth when you bite it. I ain't talking about that tough stuff where you almost break your teeth trying to chew it. And it takes you like a like an hour and 15 minutes like to, to break it down in your mouth before it turns watery. No, I'm talking about the stuff that melts in your mouth. As soon as you put it in your mouth, it's like butter. Oh yeah, delight. That means my choice, my, my particular choice of what I really, really desire. Hallelujah. So if you want the desires of your heart, you need to make God your top priority. And, and it said, and then it says John 13 and 14, ask in my name, and I will do it. So God said, ask in my name. He didn't say, ask in a Buddha name. He didn't say, ask in Hare Krishna name. He didn't say, ask in Muhammad name. He said, ask in my name. And I will do it. So it's something about the name. When you come into Christ, when you come into the Lord, when you come into God, you ask in him. Lord, in the name of Jesus, help me to get through what I got to get through. Help me to understand what I cannot understand. In the name of Jesus. But it's got to be in the name of Jesus. That's the only way that it's going to work. You can't use no other name on planet Earth. You can't use the name of uh, Mama Sita. You can't, you can't say in the name of uh, Ronald Reagan. You can't say in the name of uh, Joe Biden. You got to say in the name of Jesus. Because that's where the power lies. In the name of Jesus. Well, there's no other name given amongst men whereby we must be saved. In the name is Jesus. Hallelujah. So Jesus saves. He's the only one that can save. To the uttermost, Jesus saves. Somebody said to the guttermost. Oh, yeah, because he was in the gutter when Jesus came down to get us. But to the uttermost, that means to the ultimate limit, all the way to the ultimate, Jesus saves. Whatever your ultimate situation is, Jesus can save you out of it. Jesus can bring you out of it. But what? You got to ask in his name. And when you ask, you got to believe. You got to first believe. You can't ask somebody for something if you don't believe in them. Well, I ain't going to that man because I don't believe in him. Mm -mm. But when you believe, oh, he, uh, yeah, I know. I, I, yeah, I've, I've experienced he's a very good man. I've seen some of his work and things he has done in this world. Very nice. I believe in him. Like somebody said, I believe in the president. Because him this and him that. And he, he brought them people out over there and he did this. And he made the stimulus checks and blah, blah, blah. I believe in him. So I saying, if you believe in me, then yeah, you can ask and I will do it. But you got to believe that I. It is I. I am. You got to believe. He said, how can you call on something that you don't even believe in? I'm going to call your name. But I don't really trust you. To believe in something is to trust my God. Is to trust in it. Honey, people, it is to trust in it. That's what God said. If you ask for my name, I'm going to help you. I'm going to do it for you. I want to bring you out. But whatever you do, don't ask for me. Don't ask it to consume it upon your own lust to fulfill your pleasures, but God's pleasures. And if you ask it to, to fulfill his pleasures and to glorify him, then yes, he will do it. But if you ask it upon yourself to fulfill your pleasures, all about me is what I want. Is what I, I want this, and if God don't give it to me, hmm. God said, I'm not going to give it to you if you're just thinking about your selfish ways and your selfish use. What does this profit towards me? This is just all about you. I just want that million dollars because I just want to get this and I want to do that and I want to do that. But it had nothing to do with glorifying me. It had nothing to do with giving me pleasure. But you just wanted all the selfishness for yourself like the selfish devil himself. That's all he is. He was selfish from the beginning. That's why he wanted to take all the heavens with him. He was a selfish being. And God is not selfish. Lord Jesus. So he wants us to ask and he will do it. Ask in his name. So, in Psalms, 102 and 7, God said he would not, he will regard the prayer of the destitute. Uh, what destitute means is needy. When a person is destitute, he is needy. God will hear the needy cry. Are you needy tonight? Are you destitute of God? Are you, are, are you destitute of not having some things that you need in your life tonight? Well, God said he will not disregard the prayers of the destitute. So that is a promise. If you're needy tonight, come to him. He will not, he will not, he said, disregard your prayers. 
but he will regard it. So regarding means he's going to pay attention to who you are, what you are, and why you are. He's going to pay attention. That means he's going to stop like he did for the woman with Israel but, and, and turn around and say, who touched me? Because he would not go without answering your prayer because he sees you have a need. You have a need. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, but theirs is the kingdom of God. God got a blessing for you. If you're needy out there, God got a blessing for you. Just come to him and ask him. And he said he will, he will regard you. He will stop and pay attention to your needs and he will help you. He will send somebody, might be mother, uncle, cousin, somebody. He's going to send somebody to you. And he just may open the door that you can walk in and get what you need. Glory be to God. And say, in John 3.16, say, for God so loved the world. So we know God loved the world. And he that believes on him shall have everlasting life. Hallelujah. And then it says in 2 Corinthians uh, 1 and 20, he said, all the promises of God are yea, amen, and a, amen. So all the promises of God are yes, and amen. So it's true. It is established. It's true. Amen. It's, God has an agreement upon with his own word. His promises are true. And it, it will not uh, uh, change. It will always remain the same. So you can, God said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So his promises are true. You can bet them. If God say, I promise I'm going to do such and such a thing, if you can believe it, you can receive it. Hallelujah. Uh, and then in 2 Thessalonians 3 and 3, the Lord is faithful that shall establish you and keep you from evil. God promised to uh, keep you from evil. He said, I will establish you. Because why? I am faithful. Faithful means I don't change. I am constant about what I do. Like he said, he's faithful for the sun to rise and the moon uh, uh, by night and the sun by day. God is faithful. Have we not seen him not rise the sun? Have we not seen him not rise the moon? Every day we get up, we see the sun shining, even if the clouds are around the sun. The sun is still shining in the background. That's why you still see light, because it's there. And even, that's a promise he made. The stars and, the, and the, the moon by night, when you go outside, you look in this beautiful sky, what do you see? The stars. That's saying that he is faithful. He could have wiped all the stars away from the sky if he wasn't. I could have changed it. I could have put something else out there in the sky instead of a star. But he's faithful. He don't change. He continually. Faithful means to be faithful is to be continual. Continue with something. You are dedicated to it. You will continue to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. Because that's who you are. Hallelujah. And he said he will keep you from evil. That's a promise. Keep. Preserve. Keep. He's steadfast with you. If he said it, he'll do it. Keep. It's like he said, I'm going to keep this ball right in my cabinet and, and shut the door and put a lock on it. Keep. Cherish. To keep something means I'm going to not let nothing get to it. I'm going to protect it. Glory be to God. It's mine. So he's going to keep you from that evil. He's going to protect you from that evil. But what you got to, you got to know that the Lord is faithful. So before you can understand him keeping you, you got to understand that he's a faithful God. If he kept the moon and the stars and the sun, he kept all the winds, he kept the seas, he kept all these things. Then he just said he's got to keep you too from evil. Do you believe that I'm a faithful God? Do you believe a God that cannot lie? Do you believe that? And when you believe that, then you know that for certainty you can put your trust in him because he's a faithful God. He can't go back on his word. Whatever he said, that he will accomplish what he has set forth to do. It will not return unto him void. Hallelujah. But accomplish that what he has sent it out to do. Uh, instead of 2 Corinthians 12 and 8, he said, For my grace is sufficient for you. So God is saying, Don't you know that my grace is sufficient for you? My grace is going to take you through this. I will inspire you. I will be there to help you. I will be there to strengthen you. I will be there to comfort you. I understand. And I'm going to do something about this. You know, God always told me, my grace is sufficient for you. You know, grace is favor. God has favor on people. And what he's saying is, my grace is there to hold you up. When you feel so feeble, and like you're going to fall, nobody understands, nobody knows. I'm there to hold you. I'm here to be there for you. I'm there. I will be there for you. That's what I'm saying. I will be there for you. So that's what God wants to do. And then the 19, he said that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. Hallelujah. God bless you. And I hope something was said that will help you along the way. And that will give you strength through these hours, knowing that God has promises for each and every one of us. If we, if we, can, if we can reach the condition, God has the promise for us. But it's something we have to hold on to, to and know that he is. And that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. He will, if you seek out, like you seek and you're just looking for something. And continually walk around the house and you lost something very important and you're just seeking out. You're looking for it. Ooh, I'm going to find this. I'm looking for my miracle today. I'm looking for my blessing today. It may come the next three hours. It may come in the next day. But I'm every day, I'm looking for it. Something you lost so bad, and you ain't seen it like in five months, and you just been around the house moping for it. Oh my lord, you moping for it. Oh, oh lord, will I ever get this thing back? Oh, I need it so bad. It cost so much money. I paid so much money for this thing. I think I lost it. I don't know where the world I do with this thing. I, and you just cleaning out everything. You just been digging it, everything, closets and trunks and whatever. And you just looking for this stuff. Don't get tired. If you diligently seek after God, like you would seek after that item or that purchase, something you purchased, and you just can't find it, and you just know it's somewhere, then you shall find God. You shall you seek after Him. He said, "You seek Me." Diligently. So God is saying, 
You should have reward. So seek after God. Look at look for him. Look, I'm looking for him. I'm looking for him to show up in death, in my problems, in my in my hurts, in my pain. I'm looking for him to show up. His sweet words to comfort me, his sweet words to get me through. I'm looking for it. I'm gonna open my Bible and I'm gonna look. God said, study to show thyself approved unto God. So I'm gonna stay here. I'm gonna show God that I want him. I'm gonna look at his word. I'm gonna study it so I can get me an understanding. I'm, I'm looking up every definition I can look up, I understand. I'm, I'm gonna look it up. If I have to go to Google <clears throat> or wherever it, it takes for me to find my answers in God's word, and then I'm gonna pray. He said, if you seek me, you shall find me. So that's, that's a promise. If you seek me, God said, you're going to find me. Just like you're looking for that precious uh, something. And you're just looking for it, you're looking for it, looking for it. If you seek God the same way, you're definitely gonna find him. You're gonna find him. God will reveal himself to you. It, it may be through a church, it might be through a friend. It might be through a loved one. It, it, it might be it's the one on the job or something. But God will reveal himself to you. Somebody might tell you something. That's what you, all you needed to hear for that day. And you know that's what you needed. And you've been asking God, Lord, give me that. And then God has gave you that because you saw him. If you seek God, you shall get your answer. So seek God. Hallelujah. God is good. God bless. Have a wonderful night. And if you need some good gospel music, some inspiration, something to carry you a little step further, you can go to my uh, YouTube.com. Jay's Love for God. J-A-Y-E-S. Love for God. God bless. Have a wonderful night. My uh, podcast is a heart for God and what he wants on Anchor FM and Spotify. God bless you. My uh, series is all about encouragement. Everything I do is all about loving and encouraging God's people. Nothing that I do is for my own self-glory, my own self-will, and wanting people to like me. Because I know people will not like you anyway because you're different. But it's not all about them liking you or what they think. It's all about you pleasing God. And when you strive to please God, that's all that will matter in this life. God bless you. And have a wonderful night. Keep looking up because there's nothing down. In Jesus' name. God bless you. I love you all with the love of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Have a wonderful night. Bye.